Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up, War Eagle, War Report family? You got Ike Jones here. We are back with another morning drop. Today, we are talking about the explosive plays that Auburn has been able to generate with their offense over the last three games in the SEC. It's been doing pretty well. Y'all know how we do. We got to talk about it right here, War Report style. Let's drop it on them. Now, now listening to the War Report. Morning drop. It is Monday, November 13th. I was about to give us a, a different day. It's November 13th. <laughs> and uh, I'm in here. You got Ike Jones. Be Will talking um, a little more Auburn football on a Metrics Monday. Be Will, how you feeling today? Feeling all right, man. Feeling pretty good. You know what? Mondays feel a little better mm. when you get a quality win. That, yeah. It feels a little better. Coming in here to see, to look and talk, look at everybody, talk to everybody, man. We got a big win. We got yeah. a big win. It feels good. Yeah, definitely feels good to get in here and talk after dubs, man. Three in a row in the SEC, second straight SEC road win for Auburn. The absolute destruction of the Arkansas Razorbacks, uh, Fayetteville Razorback Stadium was empty by all accounts after about the first quarter of that football game. Um, Auburn did their thing. Before we get into the conversation in earnest, let's go ahead and get the preliminaries out of the way and asking you all to do what you need to do to help us get the word out there and that share the video at the War Report on all social media when you do that. Listen, I don't care if you don't have social media. Text the link to somebody. Say, hey, man, come check this out. If you haven't checked these guys out, they're on right now and they're amazing. 
Or, you know, again, you could do the reverse and say, oh, here go these clowns again. They haven't decided to stop doing this stuff. Listen to them talk. Um, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We appreciate those of you who have done that. Doesn't cost a thing to hit that thumbs up or that subscribe button. If you are out there in podcast land, go ahead and share this pod day after listening. We appreciate you guys for listening to us on a Tuesday or whatever other day you decided to listen to this. And give us that five-star review. It definitely helps us out a lot. All right. To the conversation, we are talking this morning about explosive plays. And explosive plays are plays of 15 or more yards, 20 or more yards, depending on which metric or which site that you're looking at. But we'll say 15 for our purposes. But what I wanted to look at is the fact that, well, let's 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 just say this before we get into that, B. Um, can we officially now, because we have been tentatively not saying it, can we officially now say that Auburn's offense has looked better? We've seen it on the road, even though, again, not the most hostile environment in the world. Nobody's pretending as if that Arkansas Razorback Stadium was rocking and raucous. But it still was on the road. It wasn't this 50-50 uh, construction zone that was in Nashville, right? It was an actual road SEC environment, mm-hmm. and Auburn was able to move the ball, still be able to go out there and 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 put an absolute whooping on a team, right? Can we say yeah. that now? Is it fair to say Auburn has, I won't say fixed because there's still some issues, but on the road to improving and now has an offense that we can say, all right, now we got something. Yeah, uh, I think it's fair to say they have turned a corner. They found it, something. It's, it's better than what it was the first eight weeks for sure. And I think that that it's safe to say that we are there. We have been making steady progress really since Ole Miss. Yes. Yeah. Um, listen, the last two games are at home, right? So everybody's big fears about, well, can it translate to the road? And I'm, and this is not me speaking tongue-in-cheek at anybody else. My fears mm-hmm. about can it translate to the road, they answered that bill, mm-hmm. right? They went out and they did it on the road two weeks in a row. You know, again, I sat on here and it's like, hey, but can they do it against Arkansas? Because we had, like, Nashville, that wasn't it. We need to see a true road test. Uh, again, Arkansas, not the most imposing environment, but they did it, and they did it in a big way against Arkansas. It wasn't like they just kind of sputtered through it like they absolutely dominated um so i don't expect them to come home and now regress since home has been the place where they've done their best um with the offense uh traditionally specifically this season uh but the big thing for me in looking at how this offense has performed has been the the big plays right when you look at the total yards per game it's been bolstered by some really huge 40, 50, 60-yard plays that are out there, right? It seems as if we chip away, we chip away, we chip away. Then it's home run, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the quintessential, uh, you know, team that, that or not team, but player that strikes out a bunch, but the slugging percentage is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we've got Auburn going. Yeah, Auburn seems to be right now – uh, high slugging percentage team where we, we might not methodically move the ball down the field on a bunch of drives, but w- when we hit, it's going to be big. 
I think we have found, well, let's say this. What we all wanted to see after weeks of ineptitude on offense was, um, I use this word a lot, I say fluidity, but what that looks like is when we call a play, it works. If it's a run, it's a four or five yard run at least. Jarquez, Damari, and even Brian Batte, when he's been running Early in the season, when the offense wasn't working great, we were still running for four, five, six, even sometimes seven, eight-yard carries. And that's against the, the better defensive fronts that we saw in Georgia, Texas A&M. So the frustration was, if you've got an offense, an offensive line, and running backs that can get that much on the ground, surely there is some room to make... So you have made some room for some wide receivers to get open. You have forced some availability for your quarterback and your wide receivers to make plays. And we had created that. But the wide receivers and the quarterbacks weren't able to connect. So what did we want to improve? What did we want it to look like? Well, what we wanted was, hey, there's a a, a seven-yard uh, pass that you can complete over the middle of the field right here. But the pass wasn't thrown. There was a sideline throw that could have been completed. It would have been an amazing catch to complete. But you were there, the throw was actually there, and you didn't catch it. Or there was a wide-open play, and the quarterback couldn't get it to the wide receiver. Those are the things that weren't working, that all of a sudden, now they are. Mm-hmm. Caleb Burton's big reception early in the game, that was on the crosser. We've seen uh, Fairweather, honestly, he's, he's making those hands catches that we knew he could make, because he made it in the Cal game. We saw that early. Saw it earlier in the season for sure. Cal Samford, he did it a couple of times early, but then some reason we got away from it, got back to it recently for sure. Right. He's making those I'm big and strong catches, shaking guys off and running after the catch. That's what we thought we were going to get when we got him, and we're starting to get it. The running game doesn't seem to be – well, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because I don't think that it's supposed to necessarily be hitting for five, six yards a carry. You're supposed to use the RPO to create those opportunities in the passing game. And part of the changes that I think Hugh Freeze made, he's remarked constantly early in the season, well, I'd like us to run more RPO. Mm-hmm. The run game should create opportunities in your pass game, but if you don't utilize the RPO, then it's not going to be immediately available. Well, now we're using it. And there are plays available off of it. Peyton Thorne is seeing it. He's making the throws. Wide receivers for are, for the most part, over the total of the last three games, catching passes, the correction seems to have come in what Hugh Freeze decided needed to be called. He, of course, he didn't go into great detail as far as exactly what they have changed, but it looks more like Hugh Freeze. I'll say that. I don't know yeah. the division between <laughs> between uh, Montgomery and Freeze, but it looks more like Hugh Freeze. And that has made all the difference. And it's everybody. It's not just one player. It's Javarius Johnson and it's Jay Fair. And it's... Um, fair weather and it's opportunities for Camden Brown but the opportunities are there for everybody to make big plays the running game was always available to us to create those opportunities we are just now learning how to take advantage of them and cash them in for those explosives and it's working yeah, I, listen, the, yeah, the, the stuff has been there all season that's, what I, that's the thing I think that frustrates me about seeing people talk about this 
and acting as if we're doing something drastically different. We're not. We're just executing the stuff that's been there the yeah. whole time. Yeah. And we're putting some tempo with it. Now, the tempo portion, I think, has helped against some of these teams now that we don't feel like can fight back with tempo just as quickly as we can run it. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Coach Freeze has said he didn't really want to get into a shootout with LSU or Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't willing to go out there and do that with them. Saw a little bit of tempo against Georgia, but not so much there either. Uh, but really getting into the tempo stuff, I think, has helped. But the biggest thing for me has been Peyton Thorne just throwing the dang football to people when they're open. Right. And then and now you're starting to see, OK, and, and this is what I had been asking for the entire time. Now we get to see, is it the quarterback or is it the wide receivers? Right. Right. And you're seeing opportunities where wide receivers have had chances and they haven't caught the ball. Mm hmm. So so now we can remove a portion of the talk from the quarterback. We can say, all right, that stuff isn't on the quarterback. This is on receivers to go out there and make catches in some of these situations. And that's all I've been asking the young man to do all year. And he's done it more in these last couple of games. And we've had more success. Yeah, it's really a simple formula. Throw the football to people when they're open. And if they don't catch the ball, that's not on you. Right. Right. It's it's. It's crazy how you can find out really quickly who who the guy is that's that's <laughs> that's failing. It's like if you take a part out of a, a system and you put a different part in and the system doesn't run as well. Hey, okay. Well, it was really hard to tell what was going wrong because multiple pieces were failing in our system at the same time. But Hugh Free said, All right, we're not gonna do that. We're gonna do this. Peyton Thorne, you do this, put up or shut up. He put up. The play calling got better, strategy got better on offense. And now we can say, All right, now guys. Now it's on y'all. The pass catchers who aren't catching the ball, now you're the, the single point of failure in the system instead of multiple. That's that's a better way to diagnose. Now we can diagnose exactly what's going wrong, but it also has to have given other guys the opportunity to step up. I, I think that challenge was accepted by yeah. just about everybody, man. It's, it's been a, a very good three weeks. Yeah. Now I think I think now the challenge is for Marcus Davis, and this is where the, the Marcus Davis conversation starts to become real is about him figuring out who are the guys that are going to actually step up and make plays and making sure that he's putting his best two to three receivers on every play mm -hmm. in positions to go out there and do what they're being asked to do. So now he's got to figure out who are the guys I can really count on this week to go out there and get the job done and putting them in position to make the plays when they're being called. But let's get into the metric for today because we haven't actually right. put that metric out here okay. about the explosive plays. And what we're looking at is yards per play, right? So on the season, Auburn is ranked 73rd in the country in yards per play at 5.3 yards per play. That's not, I mean, that's middling, right? There's nothing super right. impressive about that. But if we look at just these last three games and really what has been the, as you pointed out or you stated, Auburn turning the corner in terms of offense. Auburn in the last three games, if you just look at that sample size, is ranked 15th in the country mm -hmm. in yards per play at 6.6 yards per play. Right. So you go you go up from your average of five point three to six point six. That's a significant jump. That doesn't seem, you know, st statistically, that doesn't seem like a big number. But a, a yard and a half per play on average over a game is a huge difference, especially when you look at 
uh, things like what we were talking about early in the season about the lack of success of Auburn having on third down. Mm-hmm. Auburn is putting themselves in more third and short scenarios mm-hmm. in this portion of the uh, season. And because we've been able to be better on first and second down, we've allowed ourselves to go out there and make big plays uh, because we're picking up first towns and we can get into that tempo and get teams off balance a little bit more. The success of Auburn has been really first and second down. That's allowed tempo and big plays to happen in my opinion. Yeah. And, and part of that again was the the back and forth, I think not between Philip Montgomery and Hugh freeze, but really Hugh freeze and himself about how involved he wanted to be in the offense how many how many hands he wanted to have on it and to balance out the recruiting he was doing i think he this was this was a bit of an experiment for him this is not only him the first time absolutely not having complete control of the offense and calling plays and not for anybody else's decision it was his decision so he could build foundationally what the program was that wasn't working yeah like hey hey uh you the recruits yes you need them and you got to get them in here but the team looks bad because the thing that you do best, you're not doing right now. So why don't you come back in, put your hands on it, lay hands on, bless the offense. Hey, look, it worked. So now we're successful. The, the opening drives and over the, the course of that losing streak were horrendous, even yeah. if it was due to yeah, execution. <laughs> like thinking about uh, the Cal game that we won, what did we do? It was mispassed. A mispass, it was a stuff run, mispass, and then a, a turnover by the quarterback. That was the first drive. I, I know that's not what they scripted. But for some reason, we came out so slow and so prone to mistakes on our early drives. It seemed to have set us back completely. Whatever those decisions were to change how we were doing things, give us an opportunity to start much faster, it makes everything else open up for the whole game. And to your point, it's not like we're getting all of these plays, explosives every time we get the ball for every drive. That's not what's happening. But what it does seem to do is open up the possibility of the offense continuing to find chunk plays over the course of the rest of the game. Yeah. Hugh Freeze had to make that decision. He opened it up. Our third down percentage is much better. We just It, it looks like a completely different offense now. Yeah, and again, um, I am not attributing this to the competition because – we've played bad defenses before and didn't look good right now, regardless of what the talent level was on that defense, regardless of listen, Sanford people, people forget because of the final score of that game, right? That we didn't score in the first quarter versus Sanford. And we kind of like, though we drove the ball down the field because we were the more skilled team and had the better players. We looked rough early versus Sanford Cal again, not a good football team. They've played better on the back half of the season as we have. But at that time, we were a better football team than Cal. Don't let Cal fans fool you into thinking any differently. We should not have only put up 14 points in that game. And we had spots in that game where we were driving the ball and turnovers and penalties ended drives. But we didn't have any turnovers and penalties to end drives in these ladders. So it's all yeah. got to work. It's not just right. about being able to move the football. It's about being able to effectively end drives and go out there and score points. We've done that in these last couple of weeks, despite second half Mississippi State, right? Mm. First half, no, no issues. Move the ball, did all we needed to do. Second half, it kind of fizzled out. Vanderbilt, we figured it out too quickly. Two halves of football. We went out there, put up 14 and 13 in them. You know, hey, we figured it out. Arkansas, complete game. Dis- destruction from from it 
has been a progression for this team against, again, I'll say this, better defenses despite what their records were. Right. LSU, not a good... Everybody except for Auburn put hands and feet on LSU this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That defense was out there giving up the draws every single game. Auburn was the only one who made them look like they were a formidable defense. Mm. They're not a good defense. Yeah. They didn't suddenly wake up that week versus Auburn. Auburn didn't play a good game. Right. Ole Miss, not a good defense. We scored a little bit against them, but we should have been able to score more points than we did versus Ole Miss. Right. The offense had not gotten on track. Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas, statistically better defenses than both of those two teams. We put significantly more yards and numbers up against them. Now, again, worse teams, better defenses. We handled right. business, and we got better week after week, culminating in a road victory versus Arkansas. Auburn fans have a right to sit here and say to them and beat their chest a little bit about the direction in which the program is going offensively. Again, I'm not saying it's fixed. I'm right. not saying we can go out there and beat any, man, we can beat anybody now. This offense, if we had been ha not saying any of those things, I am saying you can look at the improvement and saying, this is not just anecdotal. Now we're actually seeing an improvement, still a lot that needs to be fixed. And we're going to get into it on the film and, yeah. You know, again, I'm going to nitpick the crap out of this team because it's what you do when you look at filming. You're going to look at some stuff and it's going to look like I'm being mean, but it's going to be the honest truth. And I'm sure when they get to their film review, their coaches are going to tell them the exact same thing in more yeah. detail because they know exactly what the route depth was supposed to be, what that coverage was supposed to be, what that right. blocking scheme was supposed to be, all right. of those things. But it's better. And I think that we can celebrate the better. Yeah, we can celebrate that. It's let let us celebrate these wins because they haven't been easy to come by. For the last three years, they have not been easy to come by, especially conference wins. Let's celebrate improvement because that's something we didn't really see a lot of over the last three years either, whether 2020, right. 21, 22, and for the first for half sure. of this season, progress was hard to come by. It, forget having an elite team. Did we have a team that got better over a few weeks? Yeah. Very rarely. Well, a little bit in 2021. We showed progress until Bo got hurt. Correct. For the first time in a long time, we seem like we're getting better offense and defense. It, we're improving on in, in both facets. Let's celebrate these wins right and now. And special teams, man. Uh, listen, man. I'm, I'm sorry, but I, kicking the ball into the end zone is a big thing for me when you're not having good coverage on kickoffs, and we did that in the last game. I can't say enough about it. But anyway, I'm not going to belabor that point. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from The War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. All right, we're going to get into the comments section here. Love that you guys have dropped in here with us. Quite a few comments going. Um, we will get this thing kicked off with Max Effort, who says, John Neighbors locked on Razorbacks. If you let Auburn, who's trash offense on offense, go out there and score like 48 points, was a quote from what he said. How's that crow taste Hogstradamus? I am certain, and I tweeted this out uh, either yesterday or late Saturday, that John Neighbors mentions were in shambles after this game because yeah. he did literally say you can't let this team go out there and score 40 he said 48 specifically <laughs> specific. <laughs> to him he was just saying some wild number that he thought definitely couldn't happen yeah. that exact number happened that's uh that's that's terrible man that's terrible yeah mm. yeah i am sure that uh that he, he he was his his twitter life was not good after that game so yeah. You know, RP to his Twitter mentions it'll it'll be over with by you know next game they'll have more stuff to go on to but Auburn fans are are petty and I appreciate them yes uh, especially considering I told you how Arkansas fans are but anyway uh, Michael Carlisle jumps in and says damn right the O looks better it's looked better since Ole Miss I agree with yeah. you uh, L Miss was the last game in which Auburn's off I mean in Auburn's offense did some things okay in that game but yeah coming back versus mississippi state that week was the week where it's like all right enough of this nonsense let's get to it yeah and um and they've they've definitely like i said turned the corner Mm -hmm. chris s says mediocre competition but we haven't looked good against mediocre mediocre competition before this year listen uh this same season again we've already stated the competition specifically defensively so the, the the portion of their team that's responsible for resisting our offense hadn't been good for a lot of those teams and we've looked poor against them so 
again, it's good for us to celebrate the ability of this offense to go out there and do what they're supposed to do against a team that you're matched up with that's an inferior. We need to kick that into high gear again versus New Mexico State and go out there and get another dominant win here at home this weekend. Uh, We haven't gotten into the New Mexico State matchup specifically, but we will later on this week. But New Mexico State has a formidable offense as far as what they've been able to do nationally ranked. It's time for Auburn to go out there and assert themselves again offensively. Keep that offense off the field and your defense go out and put a dominant performance again against a team that you're supposed to beat. This is the – I mean – Auburn wasn't even favored in the Arkansas game. Is you're going to be favored heavily right. in this game for the first time in a while. Right. Um, so let's go out here and handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Prince Chuku says, "Did y'all watch the Lockdown Arkansas podcast after the game?" Yo, I did, I did not. Not do did that. Not. But did it not. feels as if I need a good laugh. That that should be something that I should go and watch because I, I could I imagine that the meltdown was pretty. Considering what he said before the game. I have to imagine the post game was a an epic meltdown. Yeah, it had to be really good. It had to be really, really. I, I think I'm gonna watch that once we're done. Gonna go, go watch that. Yeah, yeah, might as well. Might as well, you know, put it on the background while I'm doing some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, watch the Locked On podcast. So I encourage all of you guys to go do that as well. Why yeah. not? Run their numbers up today. <laughs> Uh, Michael Carlisle says we put a physical butt kicking on the Pittmans. Yes. But, uh, that was a surprise. So one thing I didn't know that people have told us since Saturday is that they were missing both their tackles, both their starting tackles. And that that makes me feel a little, I feel bad for any offense. I'm, I'm going to take your two tackles that have been playing. They're gone. What are you going to do? We saw what happened when Pat Mahomes did that. I mean, it was running for his freaking life in the Super Bowl because they they're, I think his two tackles had COVID. Uh timeouts like they had to sit the timeout because that's what like height COVID it, it, it changes your offense and your it's drastically like there's almost nothing you can do if I'm going to take probably your two most important well the center's really important as well you can't take my best protection against defenders when I pass the ball and expect everything to be the same your backups are backups for a reason that's rough also I don't care um, yeah they, they still got to play they still got to play yeah, so. literally does not matter to me if it was the backup, the third <laughs> string, the fifth string. Um, if they got a, a water boy out there, I, block, yeah. figure it out. Yeah, they on scholarship. They, right. You Unless they're playing with walk-on tackles, then... Right. Like, like something tragic happening, you know what I'm saying? You're losing, like, starters across the board. All 22 starters are gone. Like, oh, man, I, nah, I, feel, I really feel bad. Like, this, is, this is rough. Did, did those tackles play against Florida? Mm. I think they I think they got hurt in the Florida game. They closed so. out the Florida game winning it. They did. So they did. Mm, mm, I, mm. no no Fl- Florida uh, apparently wasn't able to take advantage of it enough for them to not lose the game. I don't feel bad. Yeah. Don't feel bad one bit. Yeah. If it had but been a did. situation where like over the course of the game they got worn down, they were serviceable enough to play some drives versus that Florida defense and get stops uh and and excuse me, go out there and score points because they needed to end of that game. Right. They did, oh, well. they did what they had to do. Do what they had to do. Man, if we had had both of our tackles, we would have only lost by 13 instead of 30. But this right. to Michael's point though, <laughs> I, I always kind of categorize Sam Pittman's going to get the best out of the guys that he's got, which I think makes him 
made, I mean, reports are they're, they're going to part ways with him. They have not yet made him a very good coach for Arkansas because you're not going to get top-tier talent in Arkansas. You are not. It's going to get even harder now that uh, Oklahoma and Texas are coming into the picture. However, I I didn't see that trademark toughness. And this it wasn't just on the, their offensive line. It was their defense as well. Like, we all weren't. They weren't scary. They, yeah. they didn't. I, I thought I was going to see a fiery, imposing, hard-nosed yeah. Arkansas team, offense and defense, even if you're not good enough, even if K.J. Jefferson can't pass you out of a deficit, you're still going to, like, fight to the nail, right? You can do that, right? I, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Disappointed. Yeah, for them, not for us. Uh, Chris S. says, the O-line is gelling. Quez knocked the rust off. PT got out of his head. Offensive line has definitely started to impose their will on some teams. Jarquez has definitely started to get back to form. The patience that he's showing as a runner, the burst that he's showing after he sees an opening has been amazing. And uh, he's just he's he's run with determination the entire year. He's now starting to not press. He's he's figuring out how to be the type of running back that you need to be to be effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's looked good. And I definitely love the way that the offensive line is starting to play. Um, and, and listen, n- enough can't be good. Things can't be said about how Connor Lou has stepped in true freshman. Yes. Making starts and absolutely handling business in the run, run blocking assignments that he's had still, he still got some work to do in his pass blocking stuff, but his run blocking has looked amazing. Yeah, it has. Great. <laughs> Philip Hall, the offensive line has been better since Lou and Muskrat came in. War damn fam. Yeah, Muskrat's uh, been getting that burn too. So I think yeah. what did Miller go to the bench? Isaiah mm-hmm. Miller. So mm-hmm. he's, I mean, we and we saw those struggles from him when yeah. they put him in a right tackle. So what's what's been the starting five? I know it's been still uh, Philip Wade on the left side, Connor Lewis center. Yeah, Muskrat Wade, the other tackle. Dylan Wade, uh, Cam Stutz, uh, Connor Lou. Um, why is my brain farting right now? Who's the right guard? His name, um, Gunner Britton, and Britton's that right? That's right. That's yeah. right. And the Musgrave. Okay, so they found the right mix. They found it. All right. <laughs> they tried. There's a lot of things that they tried early that they've had to to back off from. The quarterback switching wasn't working. Um, Isaiah Miller, right tackle, you know, wasn't really working. Shane Hooks out there on the outside that's been reduced over the course of the season he's been able he was able to make some plays i think he still has a talent but for whatever reason it wasn't clicking with him and thorn get rid of what doesn't work man it, it it's it's amazing find the right mix of people everything gets better uh, let's see. Michael Carlisle jumps back in and says, Caleb Burton made a play for PT. That crosser was not well thrown, but Burton went down and got that one. It was a, a really great catch uh, on a low throw. Um, and Caleb Burton pretty much one-handed that on the run, scooped it up, and then made a, a great run after the catch as well. So props to him. Uh, listen, yeah. in, amidst all of the conversation about wide receivers not playing well, you have to absolutely give credit to a wide receiver that goes out there and makes a play for your quarterback. Yes. The throw to Fairweather, not a great throw. That was a great catch by Fairweather out there in the flat. He caught mm-hmm. that with one hand, twisting around, and then made a defender miss. Mm-hmm. Um it's a phenomenal catch. So, listen, if we're going if we're going to give receivers flack for not catching the ball, we got to give them praise for the times that they're going out there and making good plays for the QB. You yes, have to. Yes, it's only fair. Yes, indeed. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, Thomas Dickey apparently didn't watch the show yesterday, but he's asked, mm-hmm. B. Will, are you having a Jimbo Got Fired party tonight? B. Will. Yeah. We celebrated yesterday. It was, it was a good celebration. Um, I've, I've got to find a way now to transfer and turn that ire. Lincoln Riley's at the top of the list. You know, I said this yesterday, but we're going to find a way to focus in on Lincoln Riley a little bit more as, as, as the year goes on. We turn into next year. I would, I would still love to see them get matched up against somebody and lose in a bowl game. If we can pull off a Bama win and they can lose one more, which they could. Oh, USC, Auburn, and Auburn win? Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Aunt Robinson says, why do y'all want Thornton to leave? Uh, he recruited the whole O-line. We now have, not to mention the kid from Cali in a 25 commit already. Has this been a conversation about people wanting Jake Thornton to leave? Well, people are looking at the possibility of saying, oh, well, Sam Pittman's available. Ah. And, and I, well, we've talked about this previously, but Matt Luke would also Potentially, is he going to be? Because he's been around the program this season. You don't. I don't think you have a reason to say Jake Thornton's done bad. But if you think those guys are an upgrade, is that something that you change? Yeah, I don't think that uh, Coach Freeze seems like un- unless it is going to be a Sam Pittman. I mean, excuse me, not Sam Pittman, but a Mac, Matt Luke level guy. I don't think that he he just feels like he's very loyal to the guys that he has coached mm-hmm. with before. Um, and so I don't, and I, and I don't think that there's a history with him and Sam Pittman. So unless it's Matt Luke, then I wouldn't see that happening. Um, yeah, I can't see it. And again, Thornton has done well. I don't think that there's any, I don't have any issue with the job that Jake Thornton has done. Uh, he seems to be a good recruiter and he seems to be figuring out how to get his guys in when they need to. Uh Um, I'm with it. All right, uh, we are going to get out of here. We appreciate you all dropping in with us. As always, we'll be back at you guys with another morning drop tomorrow. More on the New Mexico State game specifically, and we'll start to get into that matchup. Before you get out of here, like the video, subscribe to the channel. Go ahead and give us that share so somebody else can know what's going on over here at the War Report. Until the next time, and as always, War Eagle. War Eagle. Drop!